Before we get rolling into today's podcast, I want to tell you about our awesome sponsors that uh, keep this thing free for you guys. So first we have DuckSeason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N.com. Go on there. Check it out. Uh, You can get signed up for uh, Traded Hunts where you put in your location, the kind of birds you're after, you know, the type of things that you do. And uh, you can search around on there, see other people, their areas, what they go after, and you can talk with each other and get linked up and trade hunts with each other. So rather than hiring an outfitter or a guide, if you're on a budget or kind of want to do a little bit of a DIY thing, you can get linked up with some people, go hunt their area, they come out and hunt in your area. It's a really cool thing. Also on there, there's some forums, you know, duck hunting, waterfowl hunting in general, different tips and advice, things like that. And they also have a lot of merchandise, really cool stuff. And in their merchandise, they have the Salty Fowl line of clothing, where 100% of the profits from that go to uh, Eider Research out there on the coast. So really cool cause. Go check it out. Go buy some stuff. Get on some trade hunts. You definitely won't regret it. Next, we have Steady Wing Outfitters. That's Mikey Soberano. He's up there in northeast Kansas, and he uh, specializes in waterfowl, turkey, and deer. You can check him out on Instagram at Steady Wing Outfitters. Uh, and if you want to book a hunt, you can give him a call. His number is 785-410-2304. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. They're over there in North Dakota. They're making a bunch of awesome hunting and fishing content. It's on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places. Go check them out for some high-quality stuff. They also have a website with some merchandise and other things on it. Uh, The website is 701pursuit.com. That's the numbers, 701pursuit.com. So check them out, all the places that you have social media. They're on there somewhere. Next, we have Bulldog Baits. It's over there in western Oklahoma. Uh, They're making crankbaits, jigs, soft plastic, spoons, jig heads, sinkers, anything you need for fishing. They've got it. So you can check them out on uh, Instagram. It's bulldog underscore baits. And if you want to go on their website to order some stuff, it's bulldog-baits.square.site. So if you're needing anything, definitely, definitely go check them out. Also, on the same note, we have Stump Thumper Baits. Their website is stumpthumperbaits.com. They also have soft plastics, jigs, all that type of stuff. Want to check them out too on Instagram. Their handle is at stumpthumperbaits. They're also Facebook, anywhere else. Now we have Waylon Johnson and his guide service. He's over in the San Antonio area. Uh, he's hunting ducks, geese, anything waterfowl you guys want to get on over there down in Texas. You can give him a call at 361-494-7868. You can also find him on Facebook. Uh, his name is just Waylon Johnson. See what he's been up to. Check out the cool birds down there. All that good stuff. And lastly, we have my dog training business up here in Northeast Montana. I specialize in retrievers, but I train all sorts, basic obedience, force fetch, waterfowl upland, anything you're looking to get done with your dog, I can help you out with. Um, You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all the normal places. It's H-I-L-I-N-E, retrievers. And then if you're looking for some advice or looking to uh, get set up with some training, give me a call. My number is 406 783-7083. Thanks a lot. Thanks to our sponsors. Go check them all out and enjoy the show. 
took wing Shotgun singing A pointing dog down in the old logging road And then he got three And looked back grinning I fumbled around and I tried to reload The country was cold Alright, welcome to the Woods and Water Podcast. This is Garrett. I've got Chase Thompson back on today, and we are recording for the first time in the new house up north here in Scobie, Montana now. Um, still trying to move into the place, so we're just sitting in the basement trying to hide from everybody in the noise. But uh, Chase was on a couple months ago, so I guess for the people that are new to the show, do you want to kind of tell them who you are? What you uh, do? My name's Chase Thompson. I'm originally from western Montana, but now I live in the beautiful town of Scobie, Montana. Um I just grew up most of my life hunting and fishing, and I've continued that passion. And I run a grain elevator and a feed store here in Scobie for CHS Farmers Elevator. And yeah, I just pretty much do the things that I love, and that's a lot of hunting. Talk to farmers, go hunting and fishing. Yeah, make a lot of coffee. Make a lot of coffee. Do you even drink coffee? No. God. I don't. I don't drink coffee, but I make a good cup of coffee. At least they don't complain about it. So. I think it's free coffee. Most farmers don't complain. Much. Oh, they they complain about it. I got a, I won this bag of coffee from uh, Sturge's Coffee there, and uh, took it in, made them a cup out of it, and they said they did not like it and to stop making that coffee. So well, it's not. It went, went back to classic roast by Folgers. Yeah, if it's not Folgers classic, most farmers haven't tried it and they don't want to. Yeah, but all right, well. We are in full swing of the off season. It's hot. We're in July. What have you been doing since last time we talked? Uh, still killing coyotes. I've uh, been starting to scout a little bit, trying to figure out where some of these deer are at, figure out where some of these crops are at, because come end of the season, those deer are definitely going to be wanting to be near the lentils and the peas and the chickpeas, and right now they like that canola too, so just depending on what they're in and trying to figure out where those fields are and where the cover's at and try to see if I can get lucky and find some of those big mule deer, big whitetail deer in the opener. But the bird hunters always make that hard. But Yeah, every year. Did you uh, put in for antelope this year? Yep, I got my antelope tag. So Rifle or archery? Archery. Nine hundred twenty. Yeah, I've been how many years it is, five years in a row. I've killed yep. an archery or six years in a row. I thought that's what it was. I'd, I was just making sure. Yeah, because yeah. you said you like it better with bow than you do rifle. Yeah, and they taste good with archery. So yeah. it, get, it starts on August 15th, so it extends my season a bunch. Yeah, this is my first year with my archery only one. I've been trying forever just to get a rifle one. Finally got it last year, so that's why I, I just put in for the archery this year. Got it. Um, I actually had a buddy that didn't draw it, and it's pretty much an unlimited tag. Well, it used to be an unlimited tag. Yeah. And, uh, and they I, still give out a crap ton of tags for think, it, but... Yeah. yeah, I had a buddy not draw it this year. He's pretty mad. Well, isn't it statewide, good. too? Yeah, Except it's pretty like... much a statewide, so you can go hunt it down and all the way over here. So, yeah, covers most of the state. But, yeah, it's a it's a pretty fun hunt. But then I also have my Idaho elk tag. Got a Kansas white-tailed deer tag. Might still go pick up a North Dakota archery deer tag. And then I have my archery elk tag. Oh, like, you drew that same one that we put in that, for, too? That archery one, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're you going to go get that South Dakota one, too? I haven't decided yet. I don't think so. Okay. But no, I think I'm going to be plenty busy with the tags I got. And then on top of that, I have a buddy draw a moose tag down in Idaho that I'm going to be helping him on. Are you guys going to bring horses down there for that? No. Um, 
it's one of those of where we're elk we elk hunt the same area that he has the elk moose tag so oh. we kind of double up which is nice because we'll all split up go different directions in a day and then by that night usually one of us has seen a nice moose like every year we see usually one or two booner moose and we just so i had one buddy i can't remember how long it's been now drew it a few years ago we killed him a really nice bull and then i ran into a guy on the mountain one day he hadn't seen a moose in 10 days and he had the moose tag and i just ran into him while i was elk and i'm like well i think i saw four bulls that day i'm like well if you want i can take you out he's a little bit heavier fellow i don't think he was walking a whole lot so the spot I wanted to take him where the big moose was, there's no way he was getting there. So I took him on this nice little hike and we, so we pull up to this gate and, uh, there's a little moose right off the gate and his paddles were no bigger than your hands. <laughs> we go past the gate and I'm like, well, this other bull that I'd seen has been up on this other logging road and it wasn't very far up the road when I last saw him. So we start walking up that logging road and I look back and. All of a sudden, he's nowhere to be seen, so I start walking back, and he stopped catching his breath, and the road's pretty much flat, so I was like, oh, boy, this might be interesting. So, yeah, and ended up walking him not even half a mile. I'm like, ah, we better just get back to the pickup. And I got back to the pickup, and driving down that log, and all of a sudden, I could see that moose in the trees, so I had him stop the pickup. That little one? No, a, a nicer one. I think he... He had nothing for paddles, but I think his outside spread was like 45 inches. So good good size, just nothing there for actual points and stuff like that. So I had him park the pickup, and we kind of snuck down in the trees, and I think he had a 150-yard shot. But So if somebody has the tag and you guys are elk hunting and you find a moose, does it kind of just turn into a moose hunt until that's done? Pretty much, just because moose tags are harder to draw. Yeah. Elk tags we can pretty much get every year, so we we like our moose, we like our elk hunts, but getting to help a buddy with a moose tag is always really yeah. fun. Well, plus if you're the next one to draw it and you didn't help out, now you got to pack out a moose by yourself. Yeah, well, my one buddy. So we were hunting up right on the Montana Continental Divide, and this moose came out of the bottom and just started booking it straight to Montana. So my buddy, we were. We were a little ways off the border, but that moose was going right for the border. And so he hopped in down to the pickup, ran up the road a little bit ways farther. And then I think he had to go three miles to get to where that moose was. And I don't know why that moose stopped, but he stopped right on pretty much the divide, like probably 50 yards from it. And he ended up getting that moose, which was pretty cool. Shot it and it did a pretty much a backflip and landed on the one paddle and busted it off i think you said that last time too busted it right off but that was a fun hunt too yeah god i want to go moose hunting now and then like i had a buddy draw a moose tag over in western montana this year and he ended up going with a guide just because he didn't have a whole lot of time to hunt but that guide they he said he hunted like a five mile block and they called in, like, five different bulls every day. Holy. He said it was the craziest thing he would have never, but that brush is so thick where he's at in western Montana. But, yeah, I wish I could draw a tag for over here in eastern Montana. Cause for they, moose? Yeah, because yeah. they just opened up all that stuff south of the river now, down towards Bloomfield and stuff. And so that hasn't been hunted at all, and that just opened this year. So there's going to be some really big bulls killed out of there if people can get permission on for properties. Elk? Moose. For moose? 
Yeah. Wonder. Well, yeah. If you drew a super tech, you'd be able to hunt that too. But yeah. That's a lottery. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm that lucky. No, I but. know I'm not that lucky. Someone's got to be that lucky, but I know it's not me. If I haven't won a gun in a gun raffle, and I've spent probably a million dollars by now on them. <laughs> I've um, won one gun in a gun raffle. It was one of those 30 days, 30 gun mm-hmm. raffles. Got lucky. I I buy one of those every year, one or two of those every year from my uh, brother-in-law. 100 bucks a pop. And by now, how many I've bought from him just on those alone, I could have bought two guns that I really liked. Yeah. So. It's always go to a good cause. So. Yeah. Yeah, volunteer fire department may as well. Yeah, good for them. All right, so back to what you were saying about you're finding your crops. Yeah. Um, you think that we're gonna have a late harvest this year with how late we had a sp- uh, seeding? <clears throat> um, I would say because of that, yes. But looking at the crops now, it's they're drying out pretty quick. Like I was driving down by uh, Fort Benton here the other day. Uh, actually, it was over Fourth of July, and there were some winter wheat crops that were pretty much solid gold they were no green streaks in them no nothing so they're getting pretty close to cutting out there if they're not cutting already and their stuff over here already starting to turn pretty good so i think it's gonna still be pretty close to on track i think we're gonna end up with a early harvest just because of how dry it is right now started out so good i thought we were actually gonna have a really good wet year this year and kind of just fizzled out a little bit better than we've had but it's yeah but definitely fizzled out just no sub moisture nothing so it definitely hurt us but there's pockets here and there that have been catching that rain so yeah well and we've kind of been starting at a negative for the past five years straight it's hard to get caught yeah. up when you're starting from nothing or below nothing yeah but thankfully there's a couple of those rains well it's not good that dump three four inches kind of in yeah less than an hour and filled most of these big water holes up around here so yeah animals have water but at the same time it wasn't real nice to a lot of guys fields it has been nice for all those little water holes like over by my in-laws there's a there's a little place that's in a ditch and it's kind of like a little slough marsh it's like it reminds me of the pothole stuff that's over in uh north dakota like but in like, that jamestown area where yeah. it's just pothole after yeah, pothole like the ditches is just like all marsh and stuff and mm-hmm. there's water all over in the ditches well it, it's like that but it, like when I first started uh, dating my wife, that was always full of water. We'd go by there and be full of ruddy ducks. There'd be pintails, mallards, and every duck you could think of in there and a couple of geese here and there. Uh, she loved the ruddy ducks. That's when I was teaching her about ducks, and I made her get the Ducks Unlimited app. So mm-hmm. we should go through and name the ducks and learn what yeah. they were. She loved the ruddy ducks. But anyways, that was always full for like two or three years, two years or so. And then we started hitting this drought, and that dried up. And it hadn't, it hasn't been water in it since then for like this three or four year stretch and then this year there's actually water in it yeah and there wasn't a pile of ducks in there but the last time i went by there was like two mallards like two groups of mallards two families and uh there wasn't any ruddy ducks i know that a couple coots of course and then just a couple little i think a couple spoonies but it was nice actually seeing water back in some of these yeah. places i've been missing it but what's crazy is like yeah you see all those ducks this time of year you see your pintails you see your widgeons you're seeing your teal it's yeah. like you're seeing all these ducks and as soon as the season comes around all of a sudden it's like all you see is mallards again and then yeah. like if you go farther south down on the river there is thousands of wood ducks i'm like i've never seen so many wood ducks in my life but they're gone before season even starts most of the time well i know it's not because it's getting too cold i wonder if it's not because we start drying out and their baby's grown up and there's no real reason for them to stay up here because we're not Maybe. we're not that cold like in september october no. not anymore like when i was a kid it used to be there's a chance of snow in the start of october but during uh because 
well, deer season the start of October. Well, back didn't we kid. get a snow this last year in September? I think we did, but then it warmed back up, and we were like yeah. in the 80s to start October after that. Yep. But because I know by Halloween, when I was a kid, we always had to go into snow pants and boots because there was always a layer of snow on the ground by Halloween. And not anymore, <laughs> but back in my day type of thing. Yeah. Like 20-year-olds or 20-some-year-olds. <laughs> but so let's go on with this. How many fawns have you been seeing? Uh, I haven't been seeing a ton of fawns yet just cause a lot of the crops are so tall when I'm seeing the does and stuff, just can't see them underneath those crops. But like last, what was it? Was it yesterday? The day before driving, I saw mule deer with her two fawns. So she had twins. I definitely see a lot of twins the last couple of years around here, which just is deer or do you, like which species are you thinking? Uh, whitetail and mule deer. Both? You'll see both. Uh, I keep a list every year of. Uh, my fawns for the year. How many I see? Let me see where are we at. Um, there you are. Uh, antelope, five sets of twins with two singles. Uh, for whitetail, at uh, one set of twins and one single. And the mule deer, straight seven. No twins this year. I've seen a decent amount of antelope on my drives, but yeah, seems like we're a little bit later on everything around here. Later yeah. on deer drop sheds. Later on fawns. Yeah, because I have the well, the video that I posted on Instagram a couple days ago. That was in June. And that fawn was still pretty fresh because it was pretty naive. It came up to me, but it was, I mean, still started June like that, and it's already walking around. And now it seems like it was like the end of June or July lately. They've been kind of hitting the ground, starting to see them more. But I don't know if that's just me. Maybe I'm paying attention more, driving more places, doing different things. Yeah, Mike, was it last year? I was driving up by place and uh, dropping off some feed. And this doe down in the spot, I'm like, man, she looks like she's getting ready to pop. And as I came back by, there's two fawns on the ground. Yeah, I had one. I would have been rolling peas. It was an antelope when I was uh, working for I was rolling peas. I was way up north, like on the Canadian border. And there's just a lone antelope out there in a field. Just a, It was actually a pea field that I was supposed to be rolling or I just rolled or something. I can't remember. But anyway, she was laying out there by herself. I was like, man, she looks like she's about to pop. So I just stopped and waited. And, I think it was like 15 minutes later, there was an antelope on the ground. It was pretty cool. I'd never seen an antelope give birth before. That was a first. What's crazy is how fast they get up after they oh, yeah. drop. Yeah, that was. I was with another buddy over and we're sitting there watching. And all of a sudden we see this doe and there's a fawn on the ground right next to her. We're like, holy crap. So we went over there and sure enough, it's wet. And um, he took his hat off and stuck it right next to it. And it's pretty much the same size as that hat was yeah well it can't yeah it was and, like the size of a cat yeah it, it is tiny and then all of a sudden it it like it was the weirdest thing it just got up and started running mm-hmm. well i did see god where did i see this i want to say it was like an outdoor life article or something but uh you know antelope were they were um when uh there was the american cheetah or whatever mm-hmm. it was out here did you know why they have so many twins why because one was supposed to be like a decoy and the other one's supposed to be a survivor because when they're so fresh, it takes them a bit to get the actual speed yeah. to be faster than a cheetah. I think it said it was like two or three days. So they figured that they were going to lose one for sure. So one was a decoy and one was the survivor. Kind of like pandas. They huh. only keep one. The rest are sacrifices or whatever. They go a couple of days. Whichever one's the strongest they keep and the rest get kicked out. Huh. Except for antelope will keep them both, obviously, if they yep. both are living. But they're just expecting one to die to carry That's on the genes. Cool. But I could be totally making that up. I don't know. I've been so sick lately. Well, everything's a blur. But I'm pretty sure it's like an outdoor life article. I'll see if I can't find it. Well, so speaking of like studies and stuff, so I got really into like researching antelope and trying to age them and stuff like that. And they had this 
um, antelope horn growth where they were taking these antelope and they were measuring their antler growth every year and seeing when they were the biggest. And it showed antelope are normally biggest at like two and a half. Really? It's like yeah, so opposite like, of deer? I can't remember. I think it's the archery world record is a two and a half year old antelope. So like I think they're... is what I was told by uh, ah, I'm trying to think of his name. He's down in um, Rexburg, Idaho. He's the Boone and Crockett guy down there. I believe that's what he told me. But wow! So like when they're like one, they just got like a little stub, and then it like gets huge, and then their steady decline from there. Or no, it, it, looking at the study is weird because there are some that would kind of just like gradually grow, and they'd be biggest at like six or five, but some of them were biggest right at like two and a half. Hmm. So it might just be just on genetics. It, it, I think it is. It's just one of those things that it's got to be because it's horn too. Because it because antler yep. is it's all bone. hair growth. Yep. Yeah. Because that's a lot different. It doesn't and take it, quite as much energy to grow. And it might and it bone. might just be feed. And it might have been that study where there's more feed when they're at that two and a half rather than that older age. Mm-hmm. But hmm, it's good to know. It's real good to know. One of these years, I'm gonna. See another fawn get born. See if it's male. Put a little track around it or something. <laughs> Give it a year and then put check a, it out. Put an ear tag on it. Yeah. Or an air tag or whatever. Yeah, air yeah. tag. I'm sure that'll last. <laughs> um, okay. What you were talking about, you're looking for your lentils and stuff for your deer when we start season. That's what I do too. Uh, what are you looking for for your antelope once we start um, here in August? Just water or? It's just more water? just trying to cover ground and try to find a buck that's worth shooting. Um we definitely don't live in the greatest area for antelope, but last year there was some good antelope growth. I just never spent much time around here looking for antelope. I go south, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of bucks that were pretty nice, but we never did just see a real nice one. I actually shot my smallest goat by a lot, and it was still like 70-something inch. I think it was still over 75-inch goat, but it just wasn't. Not to brag at all or anything. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, just couldn't find anything that was real big. But this year, hopefully, they got a little more water down south. So we'll see what happens. So are you? You're just kind of cruising around, just looking for one, chilling by himself, and try to make a spot in stock. Yeah, it just all depends. I get. I've been lucky. I've killed two antelopes sleeping. Ended up glassing them up and watched them go in bed, and was able to sneak in yeah. on them and shoot them with my bow sleeping. So doesn't happen very often the one it was in a tall crp field and the wind was blowing pretty good but i was i counted the fence posts so i counted how many he was in how many he was up and that's how i found him because i walked by him once oh you did yeah so then i look back and i'm counting the fence posts and i'm like oh i went too far and so i start walking back and sure enough i almost stepped on him the first time but i've sat water holes and ground blinds before and I've done a little bit of everything, but I, I have a lot of success spotting a stock in. And then, like, predator decoys, I shot my buck last year with that. And then I've had another buddy had a really good luck with that. He actually missed a couple of tankers with them. I like, think, a, like a coyote decoy on the front or something? It, it's called predator decoys. They just mount right to the front of your Oh, bow. just like, like one of those uh, Montana decoys. It, it's kind, kind of, of but it has thing. a cutout right in the center, so your arrow's right in the center of it. But, uh, yeah, he missed the same antelope buck uh at less than 10 yards twice jesus once he thinks the arrow hit the target or hit the decoy 
But the second one, he was just like, yeah, it was all me. He was just like, it was bad. Buck fever hit? Yeah, bad. Well, when they run right into you like that, towards the end of the rut, you have to wait kind of towards the end of the season to get into that. And Yeah. When about are you doing that then? When's your end of your rut, do you think? Or um, Rut usually happens once archery season starts opening up for mule yep. deer and elk at the same time. So so start of September-ish. Yeah. End of August, start of September. That, that's when they actually start rutting, and that's where the decoys and stuff actually work good. I was going to say, last year, when I was I was out longbow hunting, I was trying to get my antelope with my longbow. That rifle tag that I drew, I could use for archery, too, because I had mm-hmm. my bow stamp. But that was only, like, the September, when you could start deer and elk hunting with your bow. That was the only time I could use that for archery, too. Like, I couldn't hunt on August 15th. But, yeah, I had one. Me and my brother went by, and we saw him out there in the field by himself, well, pasture that had been hayed and he went in this little cut and just laid down and dozed off right there i was like holy shit so i got out and i snuck from bale to bale and got up behind him and he was like like if the hay field's like this there's just like a little dip that he was in and i crawled right up to the end of that dip and i had crawled belly crawled with my bow in front of me with my quiver up so i needed to get an arrow off and i needed to flip the bow over so i could put my arrow on and then I was either – he was, like, bedded with his back to me, kind of uphill towards me. And then, mm-hmm. like, his feet and his head were facing away. And, uh, I mean, he was, like, 10 or 15 yards. And so I got my arrow out of the quiver, and I went to flip it over. And when I flipped my bow over, my uh, – I have real turkey feathers for uh, veins. And it – that grass had been cut I don't know how long ago, so it was just brittle and hard, the little bit that was in there. And it hit those turkey feathers and went <laughs> – and it was not windy at all. And his ears flipped around backwards. He jumped up and spun around and looked at me. And I couldn't do anything. And he took off and went like 10 or 15 yards and spun around to get a better look at me. He put an arrow on. And me, he was cording towards me. And I shot an arrow. And I was watching that thing. And it looked perfect. It was going right for the crease, right for the crease, right in that little white spot right there behind his shoulder. And then it just disappeared. And it went like right on his armpit. And I saw hair, poof, blow off right down the bottom. And he ran up over the hill. And I looked. And my brother looked. And there wasn't a speck of blood on the arrow wasn't any on the ground or anything just hair so i must have just just caught that armpit right there and and it's crazy how quick those antelope can get oh, yeah. out of the way of an arrow i have a video of me shooting an antelope at a buddy that was down at the road with a spotting scope with uh the camera on it and i sneak in on this antelope and it's 60 yards and i draw back and what's funny is there's a fence line and it was perfectly in line with his vitals and that's right where my arrow was going and that antelope dived and made a complete 90-degree turn before my arrow even got to him. Yeah. I've seen some uh, whitetail videos of those jumpy ones like in Georgia, down mm-hmm. south and stuff like that. They're at like 20 yards, and that deer does like a full 180 turn. Yeah. And it hits him like dang near on the other side perfect, like lung shot. He turned that much and ducked, and it still got him. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I think I even have that video here. It's crazy how athletic animals can be. Mm-hmm. So you've been coyote hunting in the summer and i haven't done it mm-hmm. what kind of things do you do different in the summertime versus winter i mean obviously you're not gonna be doing like challenge howls and stuff like that oh you can you? i i still i can still do that um i've noticed they're almost kind of territorial more i'll do i like doing that pup in distress they yeah. come real hard i actually i know there's a lot of people that do pup in distress the rest of the year but i don't touch it during the winter and stuff I only do that if I have one hung up, just kind of like as a last resort, or if we shoot one and there's a they're a pair or whatever, and you want to stop the other one. But other than that, I really don't do it, just because it didn't really make sense to me. Middle of winter, they don't care; they're in breeding season. Yeah, but I could see that working. Not much uh, 
uh, varmint distress or anything? Uh, I do a little bit. It just all depends on what I'm feeling like, how long I want to sit. Because if I don't want to sit very long, I'll just start that pup in distress. And if they don't come into that pup distress, there's prob- they're probably not going to come in. But it's just a lot easier not having to walk in three layers of Carhartts and then a layer of white over top yeah, of it and everything. Most of the time, it's just I go grab a camo top and I just go out there in my blue jeans. Did you go after any turkey this year? Did you get out for yep. any? Yep. Get yours? Yep, I got my turkey. Thanks for sending I, a picture. Oh, I've I've gotten bad about posting pictures and sending pictures anymore. Yeah, I went out on a kayak with a buddy and just we just called down the river bank and ended up getting lucky and it was on one of my buddy's properties and we snuck in there and set up and I have a buddy named Mike and he's from Alabama. He is he, he's old school Alabama and he's got that thick accent and he's good at turkey <laughs> calling and we just sat there and that Tom just came running in and then he got within I think a hundred yards and he just started strutting. He strutted all the way in and So you guys were just calling until so you got an answer, then you got up on the bank and found the tree? Yeah. It's not a bad way to do it. I'm gonna have to try that next year. Yeah, it worked good. It was a good time. That's good. Shotguns, I suppose. Yeah. Hmm. Do you go uh fishing when you're out west last weekend yep yep i did a little fly fishing with my old man uh, he had to show me how it's done but at the same time fishing wasn't that great so the water low or hot or what uh water's getting hot and then uh they had had some rain the day before water levels had rise because it heated up pretty good the last couple of days so they had some new fresh snow hmm. melt and so water's dirtied up pretty good and what do they call it once it starts getting hot so you can only fish certain times at, like, owl hours or something like that? I can't remember what it's called. Did they ever have to deal with that down there? Because I know when we uh, lived over in Shoto, over in that area, there's yeah. some. Um, it's owl something, I swear. Yeah, I will put it this way. I never had to worry about that because usually by that time we were, if it was getting hot or anything, we were probably just hiking up into mountain lakes and fishing mountain lakes and mountain creeks. Because growing up, we just... My dad liked catching big fish, but me and my brother, we just liked catching fish, and we liked eating fish, so we'd always yeah. just go into some mountain lakes or into some streams and go catch our little rookies and stuff. Don't be saying that too loud. You know that fly fishermen don't actually keep what they catch. Oh, you can't eat them. Yeah. No, I like eating. I do, too. Especially that little 8- to 10-incher. That's the best right there. That. Well, we used to fill up on bass when i was a kid you catch a bunch of little bass and crappie and bluegill and stuff and cook them all up the same fry them all i didn't find out until i was in college that it was like a sin to cook a bass kill a bass man there's there's a couple kids from the south that were in college with me and they were like appalled that i said that i had ate a bass i don't not just one i tell you thousands yeah but. well it's just like growing up we were we just never ate bass for the purposes of the water, we were always told once the water warmed up, bass were no good because they had worms and stuff. Which, if you look, you can find spots where they have worms and stuff, but I don't think it's really well, a it's big deal. Well, it's the same deal, with bullheads, but... too, and people fry bullhead year-round. Yeah, I don't touch bullheads. Oh, you don't? No. Good bullhead fry? Real good, just like catfish. No. It's a little bit more yellow. No, no thank you. No, we used to do those, too, when I was a kid. Uh, at my grandparents' place, Lake Hayden one. Used to be a lake. Reservoir dam broke, but I think they're rebuilding it, but... We used to catch uh, bullheads down there. We used to catch sheephead, too. I guess I don't, big, white, ugly fish, yeah. whatever those yeah. are, like a drum or something. Yeah. They got like a thousand different names. But we used to catch those and bullheads down there on that side of it. And then you go up on the other side, and there's bass and walleye and perch and bluegill and everything. And 
kind of depending on what people wanted. We either go after bullhead or we'd go after perch and bluegill and yeah, I was like growing up. I never considered bullheads catfish. So I always tell people I never caught a catfish, but realistically, yes. But I, yeah, I don't consider that a catfish. It's just like trash. Oh, come on. So you've, you still never caught a catfish? No, like, I, I've caught a catfish here a couple of years ago now. Just one? Uh, I think we caught a couple, but it wasn't, they weren't anything big, just little guys. Mm. We were walleye fishing. Oh, you just, yeah, just out on the river or what? Them. Uh, no, out on the lake. Oh, okay. But, have you, uh, have you tried, uh, actually walleye fishing here on the poplar? Um, I have not. Well, I've thrown like devil spoons and stuff like that. Ice fishing. We've caught in some walleye, but. Okay. Yeah, we used to, when I was in, well, fresh out of high school, we would take canoes and float the poplar, which I'm sure you know everyone yeah. does. And then we would, we had a couple of little walleye hole, holes that we would pull up to and fish for a bit. And if they weren't there, we'd move on to the next one. And we had a couple of good spots where you catch them here and there and could kind of avoid the pike if you knew where you wanted to be because they were up more in the shallows and you kind of aim for these little holes that we knew about. But I don't know why people hate on pike. I like eating them. I do too. But just if you catch a bunch of walleye over pike, I would. But we just fried up. It is easier to clean walleye. I will give you that. Yeah. And for Fourth of July, since everyone was six and no one wanted to come over to our house, me and uh, my wife, I cooked up some ribeyes, and then I had a whole bunch of walleye from a friend gave me some, and then uh, I had a bunch of pike from what we speared this winter, and uh, I fried those all up together, fried them all up, and fried them up, and then had those ribs or ribeyes, and they, uh, I mean, you couldn't really tell the difference in them. Once you batter them the same, they all taste the same to me. Just like yeah. a little bit mushier, but. Speaking of that, I have a crawfish boil that's next Friday, or this coming Friday that I'm doing. You and your wife come over for that. Oh, how kind to invite her, too. Yeah. I have to make sure to keep the wife happy. Uh-huh. Is that an open invite to everybody listening to? Start Pretty much, yeah. Alabama yeah. And everything. yeah, if you can, you can make crawfish. it here, come on out. But, yeah, we're going to do... I have a 100-quart pot. We're going to do crawfish in and then another one that we're going to do shrimp in. So okay. we'll have a little bit of combo because there's – last year some people liked the shrimp more than the crawfish. So it's like, well, we'll just do well, There's a lot of people of up each. here that hadn't had crawfish. Yeah. So. Nope. So it was a good time last year. So we're going to do it again this year. So Hopefully you do better than the uh, – we went to the golf course to start the year. They had a crawfish feed or something for a, a tournament, and they overcooked that, and it was like gray – dark brown gray inside of them they were so overcooked and cracked them open it wasn't even juicy at all it's just like dry, dry little piece of leather in there it's like oh gross it's like no. black on the bottom burned up no i had a i have a buddy once again he's down south he works at the other grain elevator also too his name's brandon holmes guy that i turkey hunt with he actually just bought his first rifle he's never owned a rifle it's always a shotgun or a bow that's really? what he's killed everything with but yeah he he well i think what was it two years ago yeah, two years ago he killed a hundred and eighty inch whitetail down in Kansas with his bow and yeah. And he and he is another one of those that is great turkey caller. But uh yeah, he's done a lot of crawfish boils, so I have him come up and help me with those. So Where where's he work at? Uh Macon there at CHS oh, the Elevator. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. How long has he been there? <sighs> he's been with CHS for a while because he rode rough stock. For a long time and got the job with through sparky drees and j bar j when he was the manager here farmer's elevator and so he's been here he's been here a long time i wonder if he worked at macon when i was hauling there all the time how long ago was that 
Oh, my son was born in 2019, so I was working for 2018 to 2019. Then yeah, I think he was there then. He would have been a redhead yeah. with a red beard, goatee. Does he talk southern? Yeah. Act. I want to see. I want to say that I've probably met him then, but I don't know. I've met so many elevator dudes and had so many conversations with them. It's kind yeah. of hard to remember which one is which. There's a lot of elevators around. There's no shortage of those. And there's a lot of them that like to talk in there. That's for mm, sure. Yes, they do. <laughs> Part of the job. Free coffee and talk a lot. Yeah. We can we can do that. We can listen and talk. That's for sure. Okay. Where'd you say next weekend is that? Uh, this weekend at my place. This com- yep. This coming. This weekend. coming weekend at my place. Saturday or Sunday? Friday. Friday. Yeah. Friday, Friday night. night. I'll have to see if I can do that. I have to stay sober though because I have to work Saturday. Got to keep these farmers going. Got to yeah. have AC if you're going to cut hay. God forbid exactly. it gets a little bit warm on you. <laughs> well, especially after yesterday, how hot it was. Oh, I would not have wanted to be sitting in anything. Oh, I, I don't know. With a cat I was, without I was freaking inside AC. shivering. Oh, man, it was hot yesterday. Yeah. Well, I was, well, on Friday when I was trying to fix that swather, it was hot out, and I was working inside of it, and obviously it wasn't running, so there was no AC, and I had that stomach flu coming on, and it was miserable hot in there. I was sweating so much. I've, I've never, I don't think I've been that miserable one time in my life. It, I just wanted to die, so. That's not good. No. Um. Quit talking about you being sick, Garrett. Nobody wants to hear about it. Everybody gets sick. So uh, Pull your skirt up. Yeah. You uh, been shooting your bow? Yep. Good. I actually had a blow up on me the other day. Really? Like yeah. Like a on blow up? Limbs come mm, off? Not quite. My out of Luminoc uh, break on me as I shot. Oh. And it. So it glanced off to the side or whatever? Yep. And it pulled those uh, my string off the cams and ended up uh, tearing my one cam up. Oh. So. Thankfully, shout out to Straight Six Archery for having an extra cam around and shipped it out to you. Or when you were down well, there, well, yeah, I ran over there for the fourth and stuff, and I was able to have them throw that on there for me. I uh, something weird. Matthews won't send you parts; you have to go through a dealer to get them. So they said that it would be covered under warranty, but that they said they couldn't send me the parts. I'd have to go through a dealer to get them. That'd be under warranty, even though it's Luminox fault. Yeah, they just said they'd work with me on it. Because it was... I'm sure they're like a $300 cam or something. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Cause, because of the aluminum tore, they said that that could be a, considered a defect. So hmm. They're, they're going to be good to me, so I wasn't complaining. But yeah. I need to I just to- they just couldn't send me the part, even though we live in the middle of nowhere. And we have no archery shop nearby. Yeah, see, people... Some of those bigger corporations don't understand that. Like, a lot of them are based, like Bass Pro Shops and all those are based yeah. down south, where you got a Bass Pro Shop every 40 miles or Cabela's or well like realistically our only good bow shop our closest good bow shop is superior archery in billings and that's five hours away Mm -hmm. and so it's like well what do you do because you got nothing nearby so you try to have everything that you can work on your own bows around here but when they won't send you the parts it's kind of hard to get stuff fixed yeah that's when i no hate on matthews i I like my bow but just something weird i've shot I think every brand I've shot so far, and the only one I ever had a problem with was PSE, and I just didn't like the draw cycle. Bow shot fine, I just didn't like yeah. how it felt when I drew it. But. I had an old PSE, and that draw that draw cycle was hard. Yeah, it was miserable. Yeah, I've I've had a little bit of everything. My well, I wish I would have got the Hoyt bow, my last bow, but well, I you just can't afford that. Yeah, but I couldn't afford that, so I stuck with the eighteen hundred dollars for a new bow. God, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but. It, I, it shot nice. I will give them that, but I just couldn't justify spending that money. 
My favorite one was uh, my uh, what's the one that G five makes? Is it Prime? Prime. Yep. Yeah. I had a I had a Prime. I really like my Prime. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one a lot. But yeah, I, I still have it. I kept it for a backup bow because it is it is a good bow. Shot well for me. Yeah, I, I had that one. I'm such a little. I can't stick with anything for too long. I always got to change it up. I always want the newest thing. So I mm-hmm. get a bow. I like it. And then I uh, sell it and buy something new and work my way up. So, and I never, I was stupid. Well, I was stupid and poor. So I never saved a bow as a backup bow. Yeah. So I would just, even though I like that one, I can't remember the next one I got. I think it was a, I think it was a Hoyt, but it was like a last year's model. So it was like $900 yeah. or whatever, but it was brand new. And I think I got that and I liked that. Uh, prime more than i did the hoyt i wish i wouldn't have sold it but it was what it was and then after that is when i sold all my compound stuff and just decided it was gonna go, curve. yeah until i get these animals knocked out for my grandpa and then i've been watching a lot of videos of uh people tinkering with bows and tuning and yeah. shooting long range compounds again I'm like god that's, that's so much fun to do that i kind of want to do it again but i know if i do it then we'll get to archery season and i'll just end up pulling that out and yeah defeat the whole purpose of this so yeah i have a buddy um his name's Harlan Engel. His grandpa's one of those guys back in, I think he was a police officer in Chicago back in the day. So he was one of those guys. He's just like, he's got all kinds of stories. They're like the coolest stories ever. And his grandpa was one of those guys that just knew everybody, like made friends with everyone, knew everybody. And he was friends with actually Fred Bear. Mm-hmm. And he has a recurve from him that says that's signed by him Dude. when he was built. Wow. And so he's got, and his grandfather passed away here this last year sadly and he ended up inheriting a bunch of the guns and a bunch of that kind of cool stuff and everything his grandpa had was just like top notch just and everything had a cool story behind it yeah that's awesome yeah i remember back in the day uh cam hain was coming to this hunting expo and i was still in high school so cameron hain of course was the man back then mm-hmm. and uh, before or after under armor um, I think this was before Under Armour. Okay. It was like right after he came out with that, uh, um, one of his books. I can't remember which one it is now. I think it was Backcountry Muleys. And, uh, I'd read the book and of course being a younger kid, I was highlighting stuff and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, he was at that convention. So I'm like, well, I'll bring my book and try to get him to sign it. And he ended up being there and signed it. And he's like, man, you know, this is dedication when you're highlighting a book. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, just, you have to take those chances sometimes, and I was happy I did that, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. you don't have a regret, but at the same time, it's like, What's oh, the worst thing to say is no to yeah. a kid? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not really fortunate enough. We kind of live in an area where you don't get options like that around no, here. No, but that's why I also love it out here for that reason. Yeah, I think the closest I got to being around a celebrity, I think I was a kid, we went over to Rapid City, and there's some sort of kids running event race thing and it was for charity something for a children's hospital and there's like some olympic sprinter or runner or something was there and mm-hmm. that had been like the most famous person i was around and i won the race for my age group i it seemed a lot longer than it was but i'm sure it was like maybe a quarter mile like a mm-hmm. lap around the track or something but i won it and so i had to do an interview on tv i got to be on tv next to the dude and i had no idea who it was or what was going on <laughs> and i remember the lady asked me how do you feel knowing that you won this race and you get to be next to blah 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 olympic star runner blah 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 blah, blah. and it's like can i get my medal or something like that <laughs> i think i got a medal and a check or something for winning it's probably like for 10 bucks or something but, yeah 
Yeah. I don't I haven't met very many famous people that I know of. Um So anyways, you got your bow up and going then? Yeah. You got that fixed? Yep, it's all fixed you, and I'm uh, shooting it again, so you put it on yourself or did you have to No, I had to take it into them and they just had the cam, so I just had them throw it all on. So did they uh tune it up for you a little bit, make sure everything was aligned yep. or we shot it while we were in the store there too, making sure everything was felt right that was that straight six yeah yeah i've never been in there i want to go like i follow them on everything it looks awesome but i've never had time when i'm on that side of the state to swing it, in. it's a nice shop they what's nice about it is everything's clean they kind of carry the main basic stuff it's not like some of those old shops where you could find every part to every old bow around yeah, from but, 1970 on the first but, wheels no yeah like these guys they keep a really tight clean shop and well, it always looks like it's modern yep they and, and they and they do keep it modern and he's done a great job at keeping those shops nice i haven't been to the stevens boy stevensville one but i've been to the missoula and bozeman one yeah yeah next time i get over west if it's during a weekday and i have free time i just want to go in and kind of check them out and chat with them i'd like to be because i've been like to those older shops like you're saying and you know there's always an old like 40 or 50 or 60 year old dude in there who will help you out and knows everything for old bows but if you want to get into like anything deeper than uh paper tuning or anything like that you may yeah. as well be talking to a wall because you don't know what you're talking about like cam alignment and things like that yeah so, and then like even that big sky archery there in Bozeman's a good archery shop too. Yeah, I've they, heard of that. They've one been too. real good to me too. So, yeah, I'm the type of customer they'd hate. I'd come and ask a million questions, touch a million things, and I'd say, "No, I can't buy anything right now. I'm trying to be traditional." Well, that's what I did to them because that's where I had to go shoot that Hoyt at, and then I was like, ah, "I can't afford that." <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how many poor Shields employees I've put through the ringer on expensive bows just like trying to figure out a way i can nickel and dime what i can sell to get it and <laughs> i don't know I'll, I'll come back next week i'll come back in next week and tell you yes or no and never showed back up i probably got a stack of shields business cards like two inches <laughs> thick of that people have given me to come back or give them a call when i want to buy one but what do you do um god my neck is killing me right now again pull up your skirt well <laughs> I can't give you too much crap. I got like a rib out or something. So oh, I, that's I, what you're flinching over there? Yeah. So I feel you on that. You've been working out since last time we talked? <laughs> no. You look like you're a little bit trimmer than last time. Yeah, Maybe star- it's you're not star- starving myself. Have you? That's what I've been doing too. I've been doing a, uh, what is it, intermittent fasting where I'm pretty much starving myself all day and then just eat a little bit, normal person portions, which I hate, and then uh, running quite a bit. Kind of took off a couple, well... No, I'm sick. I was supposed to start this last weekend again, but my knees have been killing me, so I was going to give them a little bit of a break and then ended up being sick this weekend. So probably next week and I'll start again, give my body a chance to heal up and then. Yeah, my thing is just busy in the afternoons after work, try to have a lunch during the day and then after work, try to go have fun. The only problem is, is the days you don't go do that, I sit at home and then I really gorge myself. Yeah. Well, that's when I was doing so good. I was in my best shape when I was eating like an absolute pig, like right before I met my wife because I was poor and I was working for a farmer. So I was working all day and all my money went into the bar. So I had no food to bring a packed lunch or anything. So I just get like maybe a hot dog off the roller at Cromwell's for a meal for the day and then beer. So I was pretty much living off of new, no nutrition. I was in great shape at the time. I could run like the wind, but <laughs> I, I was, well, not, I'm not going to say I was skinny, but I was in a lot better shape than I am now. And yeah, now I try to eat healthy and I even look at it candy bar that my kids are eating and i put on five pounds i don't know what's happened to me but. my problem is is i got too many sweet old ladies that yeah. bring me in treats yeah. like well for my birthday it wasn't an old lady it was one of my friends she made me an apple pie for my birthday god dang it and i've i think i got 
one slice left, and I think I'm having that for dinner tonight. But, yeah, I've eaten a whole freaking apple pie by myself. But God dang it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was yeah, it was my birthday this last year, last September. Cassidy, my wife, made a cake for me. And her and the kids each had, like, one piece, and that was it, and they wouldn't eat any more of it. For some reason, they didn't like it. Well, I had already got my animals, so I was pretty much done for a year. We rolled in the football season, which is my sit around and eat and drink type of deal every night and watch football. So that sure disappeared in a hurry, and that's my worst thing. Wintertime is terrible for me because all I do is ice fish and watch football. Not much work going on, not much activity when you're in the shop all day. So what else is going on in the summertime? Uh, just fishing, scouting killing predators still what are you seeing for antlers uh, i've seen some decent antler growth nothing i haven't seen anything giant yet just i've seen some nice bucks around yeah i haven't seen anything giant yet either i try to think it was like two weeks ago was the last time i saw anything with antlers on it and uh it was a mule deer and hey he wasn't going to be much past his ears if even yeah but uh, i should have probably went and stuck some trail cameras out a little bit earlier but i'm gonna go i think this weekend and Stick a couple trail cameras out, and I think I'm going to spend a bunch of time scouting and doing a little predator hunting this weekend and see how that goes. Shoot some gophers probably too, but, yeah, I've shot a bunch of badgers here in the last couple weeks, so that's always fun. Yeah. I need to uh, drag out the old dog-proof traps and get out to my parents and get a couple raccoons out of there. I guess they're getting thick over there again. That's about all i got going on for the summertime. Sorry to shoot raccoons off the road when the ditch grass is... Yeah. Three feet tall. Yeah, real hard. Especially now because they got all their babies cruising around now, too. It's the perfect time to get them if the grass is mowed because you can get yeah. a family. And as terrible as that sounds, but if you got to control the population, there's no better yeah, way. But, exactly. Yeah, when we were when we first moved in there, that place, I mean, it was waist-high grass, and it was abandoned equipment and grain bins and just buildings full of shit. And there was so many raccoons in there. I don't remember the exact number, so I change it every time I say it. But I want to say it was... It was somewhere between, like, 150 and 200 raccoons we caught in a two-year span between there and the railroad tracks. There were so many. It was so terrible. We would set up. We had live traps. I think we had, like, four or five going at a time. Go out in the morning, kill the raccoons, dump them out, put everything on, go to baseball practice, whatever we were doing in the summertime. Now we'd go go to work, go back home, come at night, dump out all five traps, kill the coons, set them all again, go again. It was just twice a day, every day, five coons, knock them out and go. Well, that's like Rick south of town. It was less than a month, and he caught 26. Yeah. And it got to the point, though, all of a sudden the trap was always being set off, but uh, there's no raccoon in it. So one day he accidentally went out there at a different time, and there's a raccoon in the trap, and the other one was trying to let him out. Really? Yeah, so that's what it was happening is one was getting in there, and the other one was letting him out. So then he ended up getting that one and then that other one. But he's like, shoot, they're so big, they hardly fit in that trap. Well, there was a, let me show you. I think I got this picture in here. The biggest ones we caught is at the same time. It was like the last couple that we caught. But we went through a spell there where we were, they were figuring out ways to get the food out. They were like tripping the track or they were like, I think one had, I think it was like a little chunk of wood. They brought a little chunk of wood and put it next to the door or something. Went in there, tripped the trap got the food and then was able to push back up because it didn't lock because that yeah. arm didn't come all the way over because we came back and the trap was just slightly open a little bit just a little corner of wood that was holding up that wasn't there before I'll see if i can't find this picture I made it in um for a fishing game that's that trapping magazine right yeah I made it in there with it because it was i mean i was standing next to it and their nose was touching the ground and they didn't have tails because they had 
I don't, I don't have this bone. I'll find it someday, send it to you. But when they get so big and fat, the old boar ones, they eat so much, it just they shit out pretty much acid, and it sticks to their tails and eats away their tail, and they got no tail. So one, what was it, two winters ago, I was with Colt, uh-huh. and we're out coyote hunting, and all of a sudden we're driving down the road, coming off a stand, and I'm like, oh, look, there's a porcupine on the side of the road, because it was just a giant ball, so that's uh-huh. normally what those porcupines look like. Yeah. All of a sudden, heard us coming, it picked up another gear, I'm like, oh, Holy crap, that's a giant raccoon. <laughs> and so I I never knew that. So Yeah. Yeah, and he had no tail. Yeah. He ended up slipping up underneath the house. I don't know how he got into the house because that hole wasn't very big. But It's crazy how small of a hole they can get him with even yeah. how big they are. Cause yeah, because he, he was a big coon. Yeah, those big ones that we got. So that biggest, not the giant live trap that you can get now that's like, I yeah, know, like, like three foot can, high. Not yeah. that one, but like if you go to um, Tractor Supply and you just buy like that three pack, which got a little one, a medium one, and a large one. Yeah, that large one. They were so big in there that that door is just barely closed, and they were packed from front end to back end in two of those big traps, one in each, obviously. Yeah, and they were big, like they were hair was pushed out of every single hole in that trap. Just giants. Have you uh, ever been coyote or uh, coyote? Obviously, raccoon calling. Yeah, you've done that. Uh, yeah, that's I a good love time. doing that. I yeah. Uh, took josh out he wanted to do one with his bow but the problem was those raccoons always came in a direction that he wasn't just able to see and those raccoons would run right up to that call they'd be all haired up and they'd yeah. kind of be scooting around doing like a little dance and then all of a sudden i'm like shoot 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 and he's like where the call <laughs> and i'd end up having to shoot him with my shotgun because he just couldn't see him but i love doing that i can't wait for my son to be a little bit older to do that because i know he'll love it yeah, and, there, and there's a lot of old homesteads around here yeah. you can go out to, and those raccoons will be in them. Yeah. Yeah, we used to do that in South Dakota. Me and my uh, uncle, I think my dad went a couple times, but when I was a kid, we used to go, we'd go over there every year for Christmas, and around then we would go to a, there's always one spot just down for my grandparents. We'd go and get one or two out of it every time, but it sure is exciting. I'm debating throwing my thermal on a pelican just driving around town because there's so many rats around town right now. Rats? Yeah, I've killed three at my house. Really? Yeah, they've been horrible. Oh town. yeah, rats have been horrible this year. Well, I'm not going to say the bin- business, but the there's a business that people have seen the rats in multiple times in the business. Mm. Someone took a video of a rat climbing up the side of the hospital. Jesus, I didn't know so, we had rats yeah, up here. Yeah, I thought you were just talking about squirrels at oh, first. Oh no, 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 no. We got rats here. I, God dang! I know I have a picture of those. Well, if rats I see a rat house. in this house, I'm gonna. I don't even know. I'm not gonna tell Cassidy. That's for sure. Well, I already told my friend I almost burnt out my garage because that's where one of them was. I'm like, oh, get me a match, but my garage isn't insured, so I thought I better not do that. <laughs> yeah, I just bought this place. I don't want to. I don't want to have to start tearing it apart, tearing apart walls to find rats' nests and stuff. Oh my god! God dang it! Now I will say, when I was in middle school, like, look at that. That's a big freaking rat. Oh yeah, that's giant. size twelve shoe next to that body mm-hmm. and it's 12 inches god dang it where did they come from because like i saw one when i was in high school so they said talking to some of those old guys come down to the elevator and bs they said back in the day they'd go out to the dump grounds at night with their 22s and stuff and with a spotlight and shoot rats at night really yeah and then a lot of guys with hay bales and stuff they'll get rats when they're getting them from other areas oh I suppose, um, and we've had shipments of hay because of the drought. Yeah, and then, like, uh, there's a guy down south. They said they normally have rats out at their place because of all the feed they have. But he ended up noticing he hadn't been seeing any rats, and then all of a sudden he started seeing weasels around his house. And 
Sounds like the weasels kind of took care of the rats around his place, but yeah. Maybe I'll have to live trap some weasels and bring them out here. I know my parents got a couple at their place. Yeah, just let them go in town. Maybe they'll take care of the squirrel problem, too. It's those yeah. inbred things. Well, I never have the squirrel problem around my house, but... Don't tell my son that. He is hoping beyond hope that he'll start seeing them out his window now. He wants me to put up a little feeder for him, but I'm not going to do that if there's rats well, around. Yeah, I... I haven't. I don't see squirrels over at my house, but I know they're all over town because I see them all over town. Mm-hmm. But I won't say the name, but everyone kind of knows the family that brought the squirrels. I'm sure you've heard <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, back to the rat thing. Uh, yeah, I've only seen one up here, and I was working on. So I was working at. And I was like a eighth or ninth grader, and you probably never heard of Wayne. Or maybe I've yeah. heard the name. Okay, so he used to work with me. Grouchy old fuck. I love him to death, but he was a grouchy old son bitch. But he was so funny. But anyways. We uh, we were trying to pull a uh, walker out of an old 7720, and it was like when I was fresh working there. And it was like jammed up in there, and he was out the back trying to pull on it, and I was like crawled up inside of it trying to push up the front of the walker. And uh, I'm banging on it and moving it and banging on it, and I'm like laying on my back while I'm doing it, like using my feet and my hands. And all of a sudden, I just see something just because it's very dark in there. I just kind of see a yeah. little shadow jump out of the walker next to it and boom, land right on my chest. And I look down. And it's a rat. And it is right there on my <laughs> oh, chest. And it like, makes eye contact with me and runs over my shoulder. And I feel its body and its tail rub against the side of my face. Uh, and it goes over my shoulder and out the back. And I go, ah! And I climbed out of that thing as fast as I could. I got out. He's like, what? Did you cut yourself? Did you get hurt? You all right? I like, yeah, the rat just landed on my chest. You're scared of a goddamn rat, you freaking pansy. Get your ass in there. We need to get this done. Just started yelling at me. Yeah. That was the grossest thing that's ever happened to me i'm not afraid of rats but i don't want them crawling on my face yeah i i could handle a mouse crawling on me i could handle a raccoon crawling on me i could handle a possum i could but a rat i don't know what it is but it just uh, i think it's the hands on them that that grosses me out like the thought of them like a like a pet rat does bother me i can hold me i I, I can hold pet rat but something about like a wild rat i just it's probably from all the movies, all the diseases and stuff yeah. they carry. Probably just biologically in us to avoid those things. They've been yeah. plague carriers forever. I don't know. There's some. There's people that eat them. So <laughs> we, uh, I can't remember. I was watching a video of a uh, coyote. You've probably seen a coyote grabbing a possum, like in a construction site. Oh, that video, yeah. <laughs> just dr- yeah. Well, anyways, so we were watching the video, and I zoomed in on it because my son was trying to see what it was, and it was I zoomed in on that possum. He's like. Oh, look at that kitty cat. It's like, but it's not a kitty cat. That's a possum. What's that? I said, well, it's America's only marsupial, and uh, they play dead, and I was trying to explain it to him, and he just blank. And I said, you remember the movie Over the Hedge where they're trying to get food, the animals are getting food? Yeah. It's two of those, the ones that play dead. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Oh, look at or, that kitty cat. Now I'm trying to think. Aren't they an ice age? Uh, are those possums? It's like a ferret type of thing. I thought they were possums because I thought they played oh, dead. Yeah. yeah, and they hang by their tail. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is them. Yeah. Huh. We knew that they were alive back then. Maybe Ice Age has something. Yeah. Learn something from a cartoon. Well, have you ever seen a New Zealand possum? No. So, you think our possums, and they're like, oh, those are freaking disgusting. Yeah, they're ugly looking. Like so, possum. New Zealand possums have like, I think it's three colors. So, they'll be like gray, red, and black. And let me see if I can find one of these red ones because they are cool. And they have these big old bushy tails. So they they don't look like our possums. They actually 
but they are super, super soft. I actually have a buddy that has a blanket and pillows made out of possums. Oh, that almost looks like kind of like a wombat type of thing. That looks but better than but our possums. But yeah, they're the same size as our possums. But those guys, they'll go out and spotlight them at night because what they do is they eat like birds and rob bird nests because like they'll ours. be up in the tree when they're spotlighting. So they're shooting them out of trees. They'll go out and shoot hundreds of these in a night. Really? And yeah, so my buddy went and got a bunch of them tanned and ended up making a big old blanket out of it. A little checkerboard with all the different colors. Jesus. That's pretty cool. I wanna I wanna get enough coyotes to make a coyote blanket. Good well, prime ones. I, I have a bunch right now in the freezer. I still need to flesh them and stretch them. They're in the but, freezer and you need to flesh them yet. It's kinda hard to get the motivation to uh well, do it. Yeah. But uh I need to get it done here in the next few weeks. But uh yeah, I have enough I wanna get a big old furry pimp coat made. <laughs> You're gonna have to buy a cane too then. Oh yeah. We'll we'll get a cane. We'll we'll go the whole ten yards with this. We'll get a hat, we'll get yeah. And where are you gonna wear this to? Oh we'll to the bar every night. And an upcoming wedding. To the yeah. bar that you don't drink at. Yeah, You're just gonna exactly. stand there in the just, corner with your water? Yep, stand in the corner with my water and my pimp coat. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, I just I've always wanted a big fur coat and it's I shot enough a couple years ago and I ended up getting a bunch tanned and I was like, oh, I'll get a coat made out of this and ended up just selling all of them instead. Are you going to make it or are you going to send them off? I'm still kind of on the edge because I think it would turn out a lot better if someone made it. But at the same time, I'm like, that's going to be a lot of money. Yeah, because I've been getting quoted like even after getting a tanned and everything, um, just to have someone do it, it's going to be a grand makes you wonder how much it costs if you didn't have the hides. Yeah. Well, I, I've seen prices of, like, used ones or even cheap ones, but I've seen price of new expensive ones, and the prices are just outrageous. But you can find a used one for, like, under a grand. Yeah, but who a wants a used pimp coat? Yeah. You want to be, if you're going to buy a pimp coat, you may as well buy a new one. But at the same time, if I get, if I get it done professionally, I know it's going to be well made. It's going to be made to last and hope hopefully <clears throat> think and of your sewing just, skills by the end by the time you get done with it though i, I can be an so i'm 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 good at sewing and i'd probably sew it mostly by hand but yeah huh maybe there you can start a new business selling pimp coats if they're worth that much <laughs> yeah wintertime business chases pimp coats yeah be sitting in the elevator while they're all drinking coffee or just sewing up another yeah. pimp coat <laughs> I wonder how many farmers up there would buy one just because. Oh, I know. There's a couple of guys that'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm definitely down for that." Josh would buy one. Ben. Oh yeah. But Ben looked better in a big old buffalo coat than a yeah. freaking. Well, I was coyote. gonna say how many coyotes do you need to cover Ben. <laughs> You'd need a lot. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, he'd look good in a big old buffalo one. Though. Yeah. Yes, he would. With that mustache, oh, the white mustache, exactly and just everything. Be tickling the bottom because he's got no yeah. neck anymore. Just be right there tickling <laughs> it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, that and what do you think? Would Potsy look better in a buffalo, or would he be better in a coyote? Oh, he would not be in a coyote. He would be like <laughs> he needs like a black bear one, <laughs> big old black bear freaking coat. Because oh. I have black bear gloves at home that go to like my elbows. Oh yeah. And they are freaking sweet. I actually traded a guy a bag of jerky, gallon bag of jerky for a pair of bearskin gloves. You got the bearskin gloves? And you yeah, got your... and he got a bag of jerky out of it. Tell him I will trade him two bags of jerky <laughs> for the same thing. But, uh, yeah, I freaking love those gloves. I just, like, 
I can never find a place to wear them, though. It's the problem. Is it fur out? Oh, yeah. It's solid <laughs> black fur. It, it, it is literally looks like your arms are bare. Are they mittens or are they gloves? They're gloves. So you have all your fingers ah. and everything. Like, they're sweet. That is awesome. And so it's just hard to find a place to actually wear them because it's like. They're not functional. They, well, they are functional, but you just don't want to wear them out. And uh, and they're solid black, so it's not like you go wear them on a coyote stand. Like, I'd like to go get some of the mittens and then actually wear those on some coyote stands. Oh, so you just pop them off? Yeah. yeah. But just I can't bring myself to bring those on a coyote hunt because this is solid black. There's no way that you'd hide yourself. Yeah. I'm going to do a little muskrat uh muskrat trap line for me and my son this year well there is a lot around holy cow i'm gonna catch some of those and i told my wife i'm gonna make her a set of muskrat gloves because i love i love muskrats i love working with them because they're so small easy everything you work with and i'd make her a couple gloves and her hands are small enough you might just be able to do one muskrat per each and just <laughs> slide them in but have yourself some nice little waterproof yep. mittens have yeah. you seen those skunk mittens i haven't oh i actually want a pair of skunk mittens so bad do they have a tail on them still? It, it's got the no. It just like it's a mitten, but it has the stripe right down the center of them. That's they look awesome. so cool, but yeah. yeah, yeah. When we were doing that trapper convention deal or trapper training thing, whatever, when we were teaching it uh, a couple weeks ago, we had some guys come out, and everybody was mostly amazed with the skunk. Everyone liked the skunk. They don't like the skunk when it's alive, but when it was dead and it was tanned out and everything, they yeah. thought it was beautiful. It, like one of the softest furs there was, and everything, yeah. but. You just can't get over the thought of it having a smell on it. Yeah, my mom had a pet skunk growing up. My, uh, they caught it as a little baby and had the, the stinker took, removed. Took it to the vet, and the vet said, "If you hold your finger over its butt, I'll, but I'll, I'll do it for you." And so my grandpa's like, "Oh, hey!" So stuck, stuck his, his finger, finger in his butt, and he <laughs> did it. And mom ended up with a little pet skunk. Jesus! When it was a baby, they did it. Yep. But. uh so you see those videos of people grabbing skunks by the tail, and they say they can't spray when you have them by the tail. Well, I've heard that if they can't put their tail up, they can't spray. But at the same time, it's like, how close? How do you get so close to grab them by the tail to start with? Cause, and to hold it down. Because uh, they got teeth and claws, too. It's not just the tail and butt you got to worry about. Yeah, but I yeah I don't... Because by the time that they're getting I, ready to I'm, spray, I'm not, they're going to face you I'm, first. I'm not brave enough just to run up behind one and grab one by the tail. So, <laughs> Well, speaking of spraying and bed again this winter out coyote hunting with my thermal they're out calving and i was out there looking for coyotes and uh ended up finding a bunch of skunks that night and i shot three skunks and of course i shot each one of them east of their house and where was the wood blowing out of that night straight out of the east so their whole their whole yard smelled so bad did you apologize about it yeah (laughs) won't happen again Uh, yeah they're happy they're gone but Try and think. What else do we have going on in the summertime? Just scouting, fishing, and yeah, getting prepped for the season. Have you bought yeah. anything fancy or cool? Want to brag about? Um, about the Sig range finding binos. Of course, right after coyote season, those have been awesome. Must be good money working for an elevator. Yeah, uh, it's nice knowing the right people, so you can get them on sale and guide discount. Yeah. I still get my guide discount a couple places, so that helps. Yeah, I know, I know a guy that uh, let me know if I want to buy anything expensive. Let him know, and he'll give me the discount code or whatever. Do it yeah. through him. So, yeah, and I've made some good friends over the years that treat me pretty good. So, yeah. Oh, have you um, uh, seen antelope making scrapes much? 
Uh, I have seen it once, but I haven't seen it a lot, no. I just saw one the other day on my way to work. <clears throat> it was out by a uh, corner post um, just just south of the res line. And uh, it was like a corner post with a little rock pile. And right next to that, it was like in the middle of the field. And he was right next to that. And he was down there with his paws. I stopped to watch it because I thought that's what he was doing. And it was. He was using his uh, front feet, mm-hmm. digging it up. And he was digging it up with his horns flipping over his back and stuff. And he walked up, pissed on it. And then he went back and was flopping around with his head hmm. again and kicking it with his front feet. And then pissed on it again. And then turned around looked at me for a bit. And then I drove on. And then like a mile up the road, I went by a uh, antelope with two fawns. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was the first time I'd ever seen that. I'd, I'd heard that they'd done it. But um, how many antelope sheds have you found? Uh I found a decent amount, not a, a lot, but I found enough to where like. Are you able to keep them? Yeah, I think I've given most of them away to people. They let do their keep dogs them. chew on them, stuff like that. Do they keep if they're not in the sun? Um, the ones I have do. Yeah, I suppose it'd just be like the, a deadhead. Yeah, or, or well, not even shot, like a deadhead. Would just like out. when you shot, just make sure it stays out of the sun for shrinkage, and because yeah. that was a big mistake I made, I didn't realize how much. They had sh- those horn shrink, so uh, my biggest goat I'd killed, I never put any thing inside of his sheath after I pulled the sheath off and I cleaned the skull up, and I just had it on the skull with paper towels on it to hold it there. And uh, I think I lost almost an inch on my lower mass measurement. Wow. That's crazy. And uh, when I took it in, because <clears throat> I never entered anything into the books, but I went and got it all of it measured, and and he's like, uh, why don't you have anything in these sheaths? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you need to have, like, something in these sheaths so they don't shrink up on you. I'm like, oh, I I didn't know they shrunk that much. So you much. just brought in just the sheaths? You didn't bring well, them I had them on the head. but oh, so they were just, like, sitting on the pedestal. Yeah, they just sat. And he was like, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of inches because of that. And sure enough, I did. So, what, are you just supposed to put, like, little wedges or something in there? Um, so, one of the best things that I found, like, if you're going to score it, I think the best thing to do is just to throw it in the freezer. Um, you'll lose a lot less measurement that way from losing moisture out of it and stuff like that. Um, so, but Carbondo works great throwing that inside the sheets and then putting that on top of the antelope horn because then it's solid. It's not shrinking. It's... Yeah. But yeah, that's what I use now is Carbondo inside my. So I just pack it sheath. on there and slide it on and then wipe it off. Yeah, it and it's and it dries slow enough that you can just kind of work it in there deeper, so it's not just sitting right on the edge. Mm-hmm. Keep it clean and. Hmm. I'll have to remember that stacking books in certain directions to get everything just how you want it. Maybe a little bit wider. Yeah, a little wider, a little bit, yeah. Speaking of wider, I don't even know where I'd find the picture. It was on Instagram, but it was the widest. Oh, yes, I have a picture of it. It was just straight laid out. I have a friend, me and him are both kind of the same crazy about antelope with each other. And he is shot in an absolute tanker of an antelope. And he said that was the smaller of the two that he had seen that summer. But it's, it's just dumb, the one that he shot. Yeah, that one. That's but the video. That's, yeah. There has been some really cool antelopes the last few years you see down in that Arizona and New Mexico area. But That's just unreal for me. That antelope looks like he's like old. Like his body looks like it's all. Yeah. Like when you picture an old deer, that's what I picture on that too. Kind of a sway belly and 
You can see lines and stuff. Not just all smooth and nice. Yeah, I just... I would like to get something over that 85-inch mark. I'd like to shoot something decent this year. I just shot uh, kind of the first one that looked all right with my rifle just to say I got my antelope, and now I kind of want to go up. But since I'm switching now fully to the bow, we'll see if I even get one. Yeah, there should be... I don't think there's a really wide one out here last year. He wasn't, like, anything big, but he was wide. And I don't think anyone shot him, so he should be running around again this year. You're hmm. going to have to show me some spots. I can do that. There's one out by my in-laws that someone shot opening day rifle that my wife wanted to get. It was before I ever got my tag, so a couple of years ago. Let's see if I can't find that one. But he was, he was a, I mean, not giant, ridiculous wide like that, but he was kind of... Kind of wide, kind of cool looking. But yeah, somebody shot him like they had him scouted out just like us too. Or over an hour in, I guess. Is there any words of wisdom you want to give the people or off season? Better stuff? be lucky than good any day. Mm. That's what Daddy always said. Yeah, I'd I'd rather be lucky any day of the week. Well, I'd rather be good enough to know that when I get lucky, it's going to work out. <laughs> Yep, put the time in, you get the luckier you get. Yeah. That's about all I got. That's all my brain's got left in it. I'm starting to get a headache and my neck's starting to hurt. Being sick sucks, guys. Yes, it does. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, and I'll have to do more of these now that I'm up here in town. Um, Hopefully get some guests coming on next week. This was kind of uh, between moving in and everything else we had going on, getting sick, weddings, funerals. It's kind of hectic, so... Yeah, we're going to be getting some guests on for the next couple episodes. I was honestly kind of worried we weren't going to get one for this coming up one because we're on Monday night right now. I'm just starting to feel better, so I recorded this. So, yeah, well, I guess we'll catch you guys on the next one.